Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots Podcast. Today's episode, we are talking about the infamous fire festival you know the one that happened but didn't really happen was a big failure but had a lot of promotion we're talking about it you may already know about it from the netflix special there was also something on hulu as well and we're diving into it and we're talking about it now because if you've been a long time listener you know what's up and that april is a crazy month and wouldn't you know it happened in april so We're talking about it. We're doing it. And let's dive in. But before we do, Shannon, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. In preparation for this episode, I did re-watch the documentary on Netflix. So I feel more prepared. (laughs) But I I had watched it when it first came out. When was that? Like 2019, I think, Mm -hmm. the documentary came out. But yeah, of course, like, of course this happened in April. Of course. What, what other month could it have possibly have happened in? That's what I'm saying. You know, all the failures. Yep. So that's why we're highlighting it this month. Today. <laughs> <laughs> right now. No, that's great. I should have done that. I was currently watching Drive to Survive Formula One season four that just dropped. <laughs> so I'm currently. So you're in pretty that busy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, the other day I was driving and I pretended not pretended but I really felt like as if I was a formula one driver just like one hand on the steering wheel like very relaxed and just like I'm just this ultimate driver and like ooh, I'm gonna push the limit like it's not 30 40 well we're here <laughs> yeah what we're actually here for <laughs> we're here for fire festival so those of you who don't know it was a music festival quote-unquote <laughs> set in the Bahamas on April 28th, 2017. And it was created by entrepreneur Billy McFarland and rapper Ja Rule. And they set out to host the a most luxurious music festival. So think kind of like Coachella mm-hmm. or Burning Man or something along those lines, but on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. And the music festival was to help promote. I wish I totally forgot about this concept. Same. I <laughs> like the whole point of it, but I completely forgot about it. Yeah. The whole reason why they wanted to have this music festival was to promote their new music booking app, which mm-hmm. would basically allow you to book celebrities directly or artists, I guess, directly from the app for yeah. your own personal gig. So they're like, how do we promote this? Oh, I guess we'll just do a music festival. And then they're like, let's do it on deserted island. And then that's where it basically went downhill from there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they wanted it to feel like a vacation destination, hosting it on Norman's Key, which is one of the islands in Bahamas. And it was formerly owned by the famous drug lord, Pablo Escobar. That's and... Right. Nobody had any experience or idea what they were doing, like any experience in music festivals at all. Nothing. And they, it's insane watching the documentary. You just get more and more stressed as you're watching it because like (laughs) the clock is ticking down. You're like, oh my God. And they Mm -hmm. are interviewing some people who do have experience hosting music festivals. And they say you have to 
you know, start planning at least a year out. Mm -hmm. And this team had eight weeks. Which is wild to think about. I can't believe they thought that they could do it in eight weeks. Like in what world would that possibly happen? Yeah, literally. And the festival was set out to happen on two consecutive weekends in 2017, April 28th, and then the following April or May 5th. The big thing that they did was they got a whole bunch of like basically the world's most famous supermodels. They brought them to the island and they shot this promo. This included Kendall Jenner and Hailey Bieber, some of the most famous people. Mm-hmm. And they basically shot this promo before doing any of the planning. Right. So <laughs> they like s- shot the promo, sent it out on Instagram. Everybody is raving. And then they start selling tickets from there. And they literally have nothing going on on site. <laughs> the promo has nothing to do with the music festival. It's not like they're highlighting any of the musicians. Yeah. They're not talking about a stage, nothing, or the experience of being at the music festival. It's just these supermodels looking pretty, like, in their bathing suits and showcasing the landscape. And that is it. And being on a yacht. Yeah. yeah. I remember when they started promoting it i even thought to myself i was like whoa like what is fire festival like oh, i got saw the promos out. yeah i saw oh. it and i it was intrigued me like i went on the page i was like oh my wow. god this looks so cool i wish i could go but i don't have money for that but yeah, i remember yeah, yeah. thinking i'm like wow like so many people are talking about this this is like the new cool thing i wish i could go that's insane yeah, yeah. Kendall Jenner alone was paid 275000 to post just this orange square. Many, many people were told to post this orange square mm-hmm. and they would tag Fire Festival. And it was just very mysterious. Like, what is this? It's yeah. just an orange square on Instagram. And uh, yeah, they were getting the hype and they were getting yeah. everybody following their page. I think that's why I was so intrigued by it because I kept seeing it. I was like, Mm. what does this mean? I'm I'm so intrigued. What is this thing? And from a marketing perspective, geniuses, complete geniuses. It literally worked. Yes. It's very, very enticing and so simple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were told to not talk about the fact that it was Pablo Escobar's former island but literally in the promo video the first line that they put (laughs) is that it was pablo escobar's island and so the owners canceled it on that island they said nope and then they kicked them off the island and so they only had six weeks to figure out a plan b for the festival so now they don't even have a location (laughs) yeah the whole promo where they shot it doesn't even yeah. matter because it they canceled yeah which is wild and it's like did you not read the terms and agreements on that the first thing that you're not supposed to talk about you talked about well it's clear that they feel like they are untouchable you know yeah yep. so much confidence so much blatant confidence that it's just yep. like how do you get to that point <laughs> like hasn't somebody I don't know slapped you across the face at some point <laughs> in your life to get you <laughs> Like, how do you think the nerve? (laughs) Truly. They tried to find a location and failed many times, but they were finally able to get a permit from the island of Great Exuma. But this is like not a private 
deserted island this is it has a sandals resort on it you know like it's yeah. not what was advertised <laughs> in the beginning and they actually were put on not an abandoned or deserted island but they were put on an abandoned construction site is where they ended up and it's literally concrete you know so we don't yeah. even have the beach yeah it is a construction site concrete which we know is not cute. It's not the vibe. <laughs> not the vibe on it. Like if you're having an industrial chic, maybe. Yeah. But this isn't like maybe. a tropical vibe whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they actually photoshopped the island, making it look like there were existing buildings and that it was kind of like the only thing on the island. Yeah. They just took it away. They took a chunk of the Great Exuma photoshopped everything else out and they're like this is your island but it literally was not imagine the map of where you're supposed to be staying and vacationing doesn't even exist i just don't even know how you're supposed to buy your flight if you don't know what island you're going <laughs> to because some of them some of the packages did include flights but not all of yeah. them did so yeah. how did you did you just wait until two weeks before the festival to buy your flight i don't know yes i don't know they just so happened to book the weekend that there was the most people visiting the island because mm-hmm. it was their national regatta, which is like their Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. all of the hotels and houses were already booked up. They couldn't this have picked the worst time. <laughs> yeah, literally. The series of unfortunate events just keep piling on. And that one was yeah. probably a top-notch one of it already being wicked busy. At what point is it a series of unfortunate events or just stupidity you know yeah. like is there <laughs> there's some series of fortune events where it's just like how could this have happened and then this is like yeah. you were just so dumb <laughs> by then an estimated five thousand people bought tickets creating a sold-out show and there literally was no show <laughs> and again like you said the clock is ticking so much ticking (laughs) yeah (laughs) and of course there were varying levels of tickets and the high-end tickets were supposed to include the festival lodging for eight people you know this in villas and Mm -hmm. great food and a private jet from miami to the bahamas some of them included yachts Mm-hmm. none of which were actually taken care of <laughs> never existed yeah the villas did not exist again they oversold there were no houses on the island left to yeah. be had they oversold it so about 800 people had no place to stay like literally no place and it's again as we mentioned earlier it's not like they can just go to a random hotel and yeah. you know pay extra money because everything was booked out because of the regatta Yeah. And there's only so many flights going into this island. So they can't Mm -hmm. like you now have people trapped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trapped. Influencers that promoted it in the beginning, they were promised to have beachfront villas for free because they used their platform to get people there. And as thing, you know, shit started hitting the fan more and more. The festival team tried to tell Billy to cut the influencers since they weren't even paying for it anyway. But he mm-hmm. was like really set on having them. Like, no, we have to have them here. Like, that's the whole reason why people are coming. They were promised, they had these fun little sketches when mm-hmm. they were buying tickets of these beautiful tents, like think the most glamping kind of tent, yep. which they could not deliver on. So what they provided 
were leftover hurricane tents from Hurricane Matthew. And they're like the geodescent domes, but like not in a cute ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally a plastic sheet with PVC yep. pipe. And people yep. were expecting to have, you know, canvas tents with mattresses and furniture and rugs. And they literally yeah. got a single, like a mattress without sheets on the ground. Yep. yep. With hurricane tent around you. That they use for literal post-emergencies. Right. This is like <laughs> FEMA stuff, you know? Yeah. Of course, who is constructing all this? Like, who is putting all these hard hours in? Those are the locals that mm-hmm. Billy decided to, you know, he had them come in to set up the festival because somebody had to do it. Yep. They did get some bands that were set to perform, like Blink-182, Major Lazer, Migos, Lil Yachty. They were all set to perform. And Billy was just like, they just kept going over how, and he's young at this point. He's like, yeah, 30, below 35. Yeah, I was going to say 29, yeah. 32, yeah. somewhere in that range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they just keep going over how convincing he is and how when he talks, you really believe him. So mm-hmm. he had his whole team, you know, the people that were back in New York City or whatever, that they were there to build the app, which is what this is all for. But now they're being told to help with the festival planning. They're like, well, I'm not really, this isn't really my skill, but also you're telling, you're my boss and you're telling me to do this. So I guess I'm going to do it. They're running out of money. Like they have zero money, you know? Yeah. And he was trying to convince people for money and to invest in the festival. So he was overselling the festival to, you know, all these rich people saying that they had X amount of money when they really had so much less. Yep. So much fraud. And Billy's team really tried to tell him. I know there was one guy in the documentary who he suggested they get a cruise ship. And he was like, yeah, like he said it in such a way that it was like obvious that they needed a cruise ship. He's like, the tricky part is to get drunk festival goers back on the ship after the concerts. And Billy was like, there's not gonna be a cruise ship. He's like, well, how are you going to house these people? He's like, they're going to all be on the island. And this is like in the beginning stages. And this guy's like, "Um, that's not going to work. And he literally got fired. Like anybody that told him no would get fired. Yep. So you can imagine the culture there, like so bad. Yeah. His team, as you know, the weeks go on and they realize they have these hurricane tents and that's all they have. (laughs) They encouraged him to tell the people who bought tickets like hey this is what your tent is actually going to be like do you still want to come but he said no we can't do that and he fired people who suggested doing that horrible absolutely horrible and you know again they're as time's going is going on and it's going on rapidly they are losing money rapidly Mm -hmm. and so he came up with the idea of fire festival wristbands where people they want to make it well they told the people who already bought tickets like hey this is going to be a cashless event so load up money on this wristband 
And then that's where how you get your drinks and that's how you get your food. And that's how you get all the like little add-on perks. But of course they weren't actually like, and people loaded up money, you know, like people yeah. put thousands yeah. of dollars onto their wristbands, which is insane in its own account. Cause like, what if you lose that wristband? Like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it didn't matter. Cause it wasn't going towards the things that they thought they were going to. It was right. going to the basic necessities that the event needed. Yep. And people started asking questions and like legitimate questions too. Like, hey, what do I need to bring? What does this tent yeah. entail? Like, do I need to bring? Yeah. Like, what do I need to bring? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, they literally shut off their comments on like Instagram and stuff because they were getting so many and they mm-hmm. didn't answer emails. And yeah, yeah so much I shady stuff. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before the festival, he fired the catering company which had a contract for $6 million, but he only had 1 million. Yeah. So he had to fire them and now he doesn't have any food. It's two weeks, two weeks before the festival. It's all these people think they're going to a luxurious fire festival <sighs> realizing or not realizing that really what they're getting is a ticket to be cast away on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> And you were not prepared for it. Yeah. They did find a catering company one week before, but that was kind of it. And again, obviously a $1 million catering company is a little different from a $6 million catering company, especially one that has one week's notice. Yep. But they don't have beds. They -hmm. don't have the stages or really anything else. And Blink-182 was the first band to pull out and they announced that they just didn't feel confident that they could give the quality of performance that they normally give. So now even the bands are like, "Mm, nope, 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 nope. Yep. Which I'm so happy that they made that decision because I can only imagine as a band or a performer, that must be very, very difficult to say no. Yeah, you really don't know. You're turning down a paycheck, theoretically. I mean, obviously, they weren't going to get anything, but they didn't know that. (laughs) And you don't want to disappoint your fans, you know? Like, the whole reason why you're successful and, you know, hope to continue is to, you know, make your fans happy. So it doesn't look good when artists start dropping out. Right. And you don't want your name attached to this train wreck either. So once once it was seen that it was going down, they're like, nope. And the night before everybody started to arrive, there was a torrential downpour. Mm -hmm. So any of the tents that they put up were, if they weren't knocked down, they were soaking wet. The mattresses, disgustingly wet. And that's what that's what these people were walking into so let's talk about what happened once people started arriving because all of that that you just heard was (laughs) pre-festival but before we do let's first hear a word from our sponsor And we are back. Okay, so we left off. It is the next day. The sun has come out, but it was, you know, raining very hard the night before. 
Billy is now trying to come up with plan probably Z at this point. People are starting to arrive. They're excited. They're on the mm-hmm. plane. They're seeing the beautiful water, the islands. And instead of having them go directly to where they would be staying, aka like the tents, he had them redirected so they would go to a beach restaurant. And that was all a strategy because he wanted to distract them, essentially. He yeah. wanted to buy more time to help set up. And he was just hoping people would eat, drink, and forget about the whole idea that they really should be going to their rooms. They were funneling tequila into these people just to try to make them not (laughs) coherent enough. But even so, people were at that restaurant for like six hours. And they're like, can we go to our room or tent now? (laughs) Exactly. They were wondering, wait, can we get our stuff as well? Like, I yeah, they don't have their luggage too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd want to change as well. Yeah, get ready. And so, finally, Billy's like, okay, let's get the people rolling, and this is the reality. So they got buses from the restaurant, and then they were brought to their hotel rooms, aka their tents. It was just bad. I think this is where people started to have the come to Jesus moment of like, whoa, like, where (laughs) am I? What did I sign up for? This is not what was promoted at all. Yeah, they said that they thought it was a joke. They were driving by where they were supposed to be. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, this isn't. And then the bus is like the (laughs) bus driver was just like, no, this is where you're going. And they're like, what? And they paid (laughs) thousands. You know, they paid thousands to be here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I can only imagine, too, it's very warm. Like, you'd want to be in AC and Mm -hmm. things like that. I don't know about the bugs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All the elements. Oh, that's what it was. Sorry. The guy that suggested the cruise ship, he Mm -hmm. literally, he was like, okay, they want to be intense. Like, let's try it out. So he and his wife tested sleeping in a tent overnight, and they said it was impossible with the bugs and the noise and everything oh so then he's like you have to do the cruise ship and they're like mm, no we're not doing the cruise ship and then he got fired what what that's honestly good for him for going above and beyond and just testing it out yeah like, that's great planning <laughs> that's what i thought too so now on a big concern for so many of these people like they're like the sun is going down <laughs> yeah we need to get into our rooms so because of course nothing was ready and it was pure chaos billy was like okay everybody this giant truck has your luggage good luck on finding it for everyone who bought a villa you can pick literally any tent that you want and of course that just leads to like chaos and yeah just pure madness yeah can you imagine yeah They said that there were no luggage tags on their stuff. So it was literally a big, huge truck with all of everybody's luggage. And, you know, if you have a black suitcase, like, good luck. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, do you do you grab the tent first, but then you got to get your luggage and because you don't really have your luggage to like hold down the tent. And so that you're maybe somebody else can be there mm-hmm. so of course some people were hey there's no tents for us because everyone's just kind of like taking over what they can Pure looting looting started too yes. people were stealing mattresses out of different tents because it was like survival the fittest at this point it really was <laughs> yeah and like you were saying earlier because it had brains 
a lot of the tents and mattresses were flooded. So they were looking for the mattresses that had not been too wet with the plastic wrap and stuff, even though it wasn't obviously elite, but like compared to everything else it was. Yeah. Oh my God, is this reality? By this time, people are tweeting about it, right? They're like talking about the food. There's a picture of a sandwich that went viral. Yeah. And it was just two slices of boy bread and lettuce and a cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Like slice. And they're like, is this really it? Like, this is the Mm -hmm. luxury that I signed up for. And then of course, just everyone trying to find their tents. And so artists started to see it. Media picked it up and they started canceling, of course. And that's when Billy was telling everyone okay this fire festival has been officially canceled right finally even though everyone was on the island and it could have been avoided so another thing to think about with these guests right so now they know it's officially canceled now they got to go home they got to figure out how to get their stuff and some of them didn't really bring any money because they were supposed to have this cashless experience with the band Which, you know, I can understand, not really, but why maybe you wouldn't bring any money because you thought everything was going to be there. But here you are having to pay for a room if there's any now a flight, if you can get out. And so it's just like utter chaos. But eventually people did get off the island, were able to get back home and the aftermath started Mm -hmm. happening. And one, I think like the biggest victim, in my opinion, were the locals. For sure. And they were so angry, rightfully so, because they were working without pay. Essentially, Billy said, hey, guys, I need you to help set up this fire festival, do all this labor, all of this work, all this planning, but I won't pay you until it's done. So then now the festival's done and he doesn't have any money. So they're now without pay. Madness. So there was one specific local that was talked about, not really talked about, like she was getting interviewed in the story. And her name is Marianne Roll. And she was a restaurant owner, you know, on the island. And she literally gave up her life savings to pay her employees after not getting paid by the fire festival. And they owed her $134,000. She's just one one local and they owe $134,000. Yeah. And she was being a great businesswoman, just even offering to pay her employees out of her own life savings to cover for it. But obviously she got nothing. Well, can you imagine? Because they live there, you know, if they don't pay their employees, they don't get to just go on a plane and then go away and never see them again. Like they see them every single day. She had to do something. And it's so sad that, oh, it makes my blood boil. Out of everybody, they don't pay them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You know, of course, there are more people that have a similar story. At least 100 construction workers came in to help with, you know, the the impossible task of just trying to deliver some sort of stage and experience. And Mm -hmm. they never got paid. There was luckily a GoFundMe page was created for Marianne. And as of March 14th, of this year 2022 they have raised $240,000 for her which is awesome and there was an article that came out in 2021 and Marianne talks about the $200,000 like at that time that was raised for her and she gave it away to those in needs in Exuma this woman is just a heart of gold this is yeah 
she gave half of it yeah so it's like good god yeah it makes me so angry that there has to be a gofundme because these assholes couldn't pay like couldn't slash wouldn't pay them so all of these random people have to pay her because obviously she does deserve her money back but it's just infuriating that it's not fire festival that's paying her or billy Mm -hmm. or whatever it has to be good samaritans that pay her it's like infuriating (laughs) and the sad fact too is if it never became a netflix series or like a whole series that even took off or even happened she would be probably still suffering Oh, for sure. 100%. Because what this happened in 2017, the Netflix Mm -hmm. special happened in 2019. I don't know how long it took to reach, you know, in 2021, it was 200,000. I don't know how, you know, it took time. She still had a few years in there where she didn't, she wasn't able to pay back things. And oh, God. Exactly. For those construction workers, there was a GoFundMe created as well with a goal of $400,000. But it's no longer an active fundraiser. But from the time that we recorded, only about $78,000 was raised. So like, yes, a good chunk, but not necessarily enough to like cover everybody. Right. Where is Billy and where Ja Rule now? (laughs) Ja Rule tweeted he was bamboozled. It's kind of like a famous meme. But (laughs) he's technically fine but billy and ja rule was sued for 100 million dollars in a class action lawsuit on behalf of the festival while billy was on bail right so this happens he participated in more fraud which is just kind of shocking i actually completely forgot about that part how does um, he in the story the nerve i just don't the nerve i would think he'd learned his le- lesson maybe he would have an um, i don't know maybe a drop of empathy for the locals even for the people who went out thinking they were going to go to a really cool concert but no and he started people or scamming people out of fake tickets to events like burning man and taylor swift concert it resulted in about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of scammed money which is just horrible Certainly an impulsive liar, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Definitely lacks emotion. Or just like the ability to understand others. Yeah. In the end, Billy was charged with multiple counts of fraud and he was sentenced for six years in prison. While he was in prison, he spent a few times in solitary confinement, one stint being as long as six months, which is actually a very long time to be in pretty wild yeah yeah that's really crazy and he started a podcast called dumpster fire that's what got him in the uh six month long solitary confinement was that they found out he was doing this podcast and uh of course his lawyers were like he didn't break any rules that was unnecessary and blah 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 but they put him in there and apparently the time before that that was a shorter stint was because he was found with a USB. So I don't know what was on that USB. Ooh, but you're not supposed to have those. <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. And I think I think I saw that he's due out in 2023. I guess I would check out, huh? Yeah. Which makes me scared for society. <laughs> but I don't know if this stuck but i think i saw somewhere that he uh, he can't be a head of a company ever again yeah hopefully i'm sure he'll weasel his way into other things but like yeah. he can't be like the founder or the ceo or whatever mm-hmm. of a company good good that's good news <laughs> yeah so only time will tell you know what will happen 
And if you're wondering about the festival goers, back in April of 2021, a settlement was created for the festival goers of $7,200 per person. So they expected to have a total of $2 million that they could pay out the attendees. Instead, only $1.4 million in assets were able to be recovered from the failed company. And the other $1.1 million went back to legal fees. So of the $2 million that was supposed to go out to the festival attendees, only $300,000 remained, which means, doing the math, each person only got about $288. Yeah, that sucks. That really does suck. And I've seen people talk about, they're like, oh, well, these are rich festival goers who already have money, so they don't need it, da-da-da. I don't know. We can't just assume that for every single person. Yeah. I have empathy for them, but I I think, obviously, the biggest victims are the locals. And then from there, it's, you know, it's a hundred percent like a ripple effect from there. But yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it does suck if you spend thousands of thousands of dollars and you only got $288 back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know how many people... How many average people are spending thousands of dollars on music festival? I know nobody I know <laughs> um, <laughs> could do that. But yeah, I mean, it, you're still being frauded out of your money. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely the locals are number one. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see too. I mean, now that we're living in like a post-pandemic world and like mm-hmm. festivals haven't really existed too much what festivals are going to learn and take away from this and even as a person who let's just say wants to go to a festival what can you learn how can you prevent like something like right. this and being a smarter consumer do you think like a safe rule is to never go to the first one <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good first one yep. one of a music festival that you have to iron out all of the yeah <laughs> yep you don't want to be the guinea pig. And they did compare it to, briefly, they compared it to uh, Woodstock and how everybody looks back on it with fondness, but mm. it was a huge problem when it happened. Yeah. You know, how many people died at Woodstock, how many, the cars are backed up on the street, the amount of garbage, the, it was, it was a huge mess. Yeah. However, it did actually happen and Fire Festival did not <laughs> happen. That is true and i think that's the biggest difference (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah like this isn't necessarily like a conspiracy theory podcast episode but it's definitely a controversial and a fun one to talk about and i just want to like pick your brain okay so now that we've gone through the whole scenario of what happens what do you think about this shannon like who do you think is the most to blame where do we draw the line between like is it false advertising or is this fraud where what do you think um i would definitely say that billy is certainly the most to blame just because he Mm -hmm. didn't listen to any of his advisors and when they spoke something against what he thought he just fired them and yeah it's just like delusion you know just straight delusion mm-hmm. i don't really understand how you could possibly think that this would ever work out and i think it could have been false advertising up until they started using the people's money for not what like i yeah. can see the promotional video was probably false advertising but anything uh-huh. after that was just fraud because if you are telling people that they are paying to get this like special food or the special housing and it is certainly not going to that 
because you are Mm -hmm. underwater. So that's probably where it steps into fraud territory for me. How about you? I agree. I completely agree. Just, yeah, the false advertising from their Instagram page and then, you know, them not literally showing an ounce of the actual concept of the fire festival is sketchy but yeah once the planning goes into play and like money is involved and they knew here's the thing they knew that they were going down but they still continued and yeah that's really where just like all hell breaks loose yeah definitely and i think to a certain extent, I think to be a successful like entrepreneur, you do need to be a little bit crazy and, you know, push boundaries and like, say no. Like when everyone's telling you no, like you've got to power through. But like this is a different scenario. Right. <laughs> and this is where it like goes over the top. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is there a part of you that's like, obviously what Pilly did was bad, but is he a good entrepreneur? Does he have these good skills of being like an excellent salesman kind of like the Wolf of Wall has. Street vibe you know yeah I mean I wouldn't mm, in this scenario he was not a good business person but yeah. I think he does have a talent in convincing people if that's something mm-hmm. and he has a lot of charisma and it seemed like he had a fairly successful business before this one but mm-hmm. somewhere along the line something got messed up delusions I don't I don't know something happened where it's just so obvious that this wouldn't work. Like that wasn't enough time to plan that at all. Yep. Ethical morals went out the door. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And just come. And then it's like, exactly. And where do you draw the line of being charismatic guy, but then you turn into manipulative, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. That's a fine line. (laughs) It's a fine line, but it's an interesting story. But let us know what you think in the comments below. Again, of course, only this would happen in April. Duh. Duh. <laughs> you guys know the drill, but thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you all so much. We'll be back in two weeks with another fabulous episode. But in the meantime, go follow us on our Instagram at Bear Roots Pod, B A R E, and give us a five star review as well. You know, whatever streaming platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whatever, we're there. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.